0: ready to join us for the time of your life seniors association kingston region presents a radio show and podcast developed and presented by our members i'm don amos executive director for the association time of your life explores how to live with purpose providing a wealth of knowledge for our listeners on a variety of topics from health to finance and everything in between and of course finding out about the latest leisure and recreation activities happening at the seniors association here is this week's edition of Time
1: of Your Life. I am Carol Weir, and you are listening on CFRC to this program devoted to seniors entitled The Time of Your Life. For you, that is my exact wish, that you are living or enjoying the time of your life. Sometimes we need the assistance of a paramedic, so in today's program... I have the pleasure of a conversation with Chief Gail Chevalier of Frontenac County and the City of Kingston Paramedic Services. She is here to explain some of the procedures or processes of which we should be aware if we ever need to call a paramedic. Welcome, Chief Chevalier, and thank you for taking your time to speak with us. I guess I'm wondering as we begin... um, the steps that when someone makes a 911 call, what happens or what are the steps that are put in place when we do that?
2: Okay, so when, when you call 911, you're originally you're connected to the 911 dispatcher uh, who is actually located at the Kingston Police Headquarters. And the, the 911 dispatcher will ask you, do you need police, fire, or ambulance? Uh, And when you tell them that you need an ambulance, you'll be connected to the Ambulance Dispatch Center. So at that point, a a call taker with the Ambulance Dispatch um, will ask you a number of questions. Um, They'll ask you what is your emergency. So at that point, you know, you would say there's been a car accident or my husband has collapsed or "My, my wife is having chest pain, something general like that. Um, They'll ask you the address that you need the ambulance at and and a few questions to confirm that they have the right location, the closest intersection, if you're at a car accident, uh, if you have an apartment number, and they'll ask you for a callback phone number in case they get disconnected from you at any point. They can call you right back. So as soon as they have this information, they push a button on their computer, which sends the information to another person, the dispatcher. At that point, the dispatcher starts the ambulance to your location while the call taker stays on the line and asks you some further questions. So one of the the things that people are often worried about is they think that while they're on the line answering all these extra questions that it's delaying the ambulance getting to them. And that's absolutely not the case. As soon as they know where they're going and the general idea of why they're going there, the ambulance is on its way and the call taker will stay with the person who made the call get as much information as they can, and then be able to give some guidance to the call taker about what to do while they're waiting for the ambulance. Oh, that's
1: excellent! It's comforting to know that uh, that the um, response is happening right away, even though we are still um, engaged with the person with the dispatcher. That's super. So, um, if I had to ask you about, would would there be some important details. We'll say three that um, our listeners must remember when they're dialing to ask for help. Is there something they should have in their mind? Do you think?
2: Well, the, well, the more, most important thing is to be as accurate as you can about where the ambulance needs to go. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So, if you you know, knowing the address where you are, sometimes I I suggest. That people keep the address where they live right beside their telephone. Oh yes. Because often it might be a friend or a neighbor that has to make the phone call f- to nine one one for you and right. they may not know your address off the top That's of their head. Right. So That's it's it's right. helpful to the most important thing is to be able to tell the nine one one where they need to go. Beyond that, you know, they'll ask you the questions that they need the answers to. Okay. Um, and the next most important thing is to try to make it as easy as possible for the ambulance to call, to find your home. Right. So if, if you live in a house uh, and it's night, make sure that you turn on the lights so that you can see the number. Um, some people, you know, if you stop on the side of the road or your, your house sits back from the road a bit, you can put a car in the driveway with the lights flashing. Um, in an apartment building, if you have an extra person, you can go down to the lobby and meet the paramedics. Oh, good. Anything that you can do that might help Get them to you more quickly is is helpful, but really, uh, when people call 911, they're usually upset and something yes. is going on. So, the, really, the most important thing is just to be able to tell the the call taker where you need the help, and they'll guide you from there.
1: Sure, and that's and you're giving us a great idea to uh, put our address somewhere close to the uh, phone because often you're. It's such an unusual situation that sometimes you just forget the details. You might even forget your, your own postal code or any of those things. So that's a great idea. That's perfect. Thank you very much. Now, if you know we want to make it the easiest we can when we're trying to engage the help of a paramedic, because it's it's for our purposes and we know that they're there to help us. So, um, is there something? Again, maybe you've already said this to us, but what would make it the easiest for paramedics um, after they or or their loved one has called nine one one? You mentioned the address. Is that the that's the best? Well, that's advice. that's the first most important okay. thing in order yeah. to
2: get the paramedic to you. Right. Um, once they arrive in your in your home, right. Um, some other important things are to, to keep a list of your current medications. Oh, good. And have that available ideally in a photocopy that they can take with them. So when the paramedics look at your list of medications, it can help them um, determine a lot of medical conditions that you might have uh, that you may not remember at that moment. Uh, It's also very helpful when they get you to the hospital for the doctors to know what medications you're taking. So if they're all listed and kept current, because often you go on medications, you start a new one, you discontinue another one, Um, keeping a current list and having an extra copy that it's okay for the paramedics to take with them uh, is very helpful.
1: I understand that you're new to your role, and that's to our advantage that we were able to connect with you today, and so that's super from my point of view. Um, So generally speaking, how would you describe um, the mandate or or the job of a paramedic?
2: So the, the main job of the paramedic is to assess and treat urgent medical conditions. Okay. So they're, they're able to assess your condition, stabilize your condition, and then transport you to uh, another place where you can receive further care. Um, the paramedics are, are highly trained healthcare professionals, and they're able to do a lot of the interventions that the emergency department would do in the f- initial minutes in the emergency department, but they're able to bring this to your house and do it, more quickly. So right. it's it's not about just putting a, a person on a bed and, and driving quickly to the hospital. They're able to provide a lot of medical care in the meantime and therefore also need you know to ask a lot of questions about your medical conditions. Right. Um, and th- it's important that that information is given to the paramedic because it allows them to treat you in the best way possible, as well as making sure you get to the right area of the hospital when they bring you in
1: oh excellent Uh, that that just does make such um gives it so much clarity because uh, we know they're there to help us and uh, we we want to be able to uh, exped meet that as expeditious as possible because it is always uh, a bit of a a bit of a, a Quick reaction, I guess, is what we're all looking for. That's super. Thank you. Now, it, it, I, we're learning about paramedics with with the help of you, and I thank you that for that very much. What kind of training, or what happens to a person who wants to be a paramedic?
2: So, so there's two levels of paramedics in this area. Uh, there's primary care paramedics and advanced care paramedics. Primary care paramedics attend a two-year college program, Uh, so it's a lot of um, learning about medical conditions and pathology, as well as spending a lot of time riding out uh, on ambulances with already certified paramedics and learning on the job. Uh, The Advanced care paramedics do another year in addition to primary care paramedics with a lot more on-the-road experience. And, and the difference between them um, is just the number of medications and number of interventions that they're trained to do.
1: Right, so um, the advanced care med- paramedics would, would have would be a bit uh, more in-depth with whatever the uh, care that they could provide. Yeah, they
2: carry more medications and they can oh, do I more see. advanced airway management, for example. Okay. They can do intubations. And put a breathing tube in to help someone who's not breathing.
1: Oh wow, great. Now, um, do they that's the two- year course that you mentioned at college. What about once you get on the job? Do they have um, upgrading courses or uh, do you help each other? Like uh, how does that work on the job?
2: So So paramedics um, work under the license of what's called the base hospital physician. So it's a medical oversight. Organization and, and every year uh, we have to complete a number of continuing medical education oh, hours through this organization. And every year we do a recertification um, day where they may, they run us through scenarios and make sure that we understand all the the processes. So we're, as well, they do you know quality assurance audits of of all of our calls. So it, it's there's a lot of continuing education that goes along with becoming a paramedic because. Every year, more um, medical information is learned, more interventions are added to the skill set, so they want to make sure that we're current at all times.
0: More in
1: a minute with Carol Weir and Gail Chevalier, the Chief of Paramedic Services for Frontenac County and the
0: City of Kingston. The Time of Your Life is available as a podcast, so never miss a show. You can access our podcast network by logging onto our webpage and following the links. Check out seniorskingston.ca. Now back to the Time of Your Life with Carol Weir and Gail Chevalier, the Chief of Paramedic Services for Frontenac County and the City of Kingston. Time of Your Life is heard every Wednesday at 11.30 on CFRC 101.9 FM, repeated the following Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. On
1: uh, Lifelong Learning, I Absolutely. guess is what happens if you have to uh, requalify that often. Uh, so it's always a challenge for the people who are on the job, which which is is great for them, exciting. Um, now you also, I have a sense that a paramedic um, is part of a team. Like they just, it's just not the one person.
2: So paramedics for the most part work in, in teams of two. Okay. Um, occasionally you may there may be a paramedic working on their lo- own in what would be known as a first response vehicle who may arrive on scene alone first to be followed up by a team of paramedics. So the the team of paramedics could be two primary care paramedics or it could be a primary care paramedic and an advanced right. care paramedic. But each member of the team is a, is a fully trained paramedic. They take turns uh, taking care of the patient and driving. Okay. So they alter, alternate that through the day. But in the initial um, time that they're at your residence, they're both going to be interacting with you. Uh, one person will be asking a lot of questions while the other person is hooking up monitors and putting on oxygen, that type of thing. So it's it's very much teamwork um, and the more complicated or difficult to call, the more that teamwork is important. And sure. at some point there may be you know the need to have other first responding agencies such as the fire department who are trained in uh, CPR and defibrillation may be on scene and involved in the care as well.
1: Oh, I see, yeah, that's amazing. That. Sometimes um, when I'm passing a hospital, for example, I see four or five ambulances all lined up outside the emergency room or the emergency entrance. H- how does that work? Um, is there kind of a sequence? How, who, how do they, who decides who gets attention?
2: That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> and it happens quite a lot. That yes, there's a lot of ambulances lined up. That's right. So, there's, there is a triage system, it's called, within the hospital that um, we pass on information to the hospital while we're en route to the hospital about what is going on with our patient. And the triage system is designed so that the most critically ill patients are seen first. Okay. So... Uh, there's different sections in the emergency department for more acute and less acute patients, but the more serious your medical condition, y- you'll be moved right to the front I see. of the line, and people who have you know a less urgent condition will will wait.
1: And, okay. And so there is communication happening from inside the vehicle to the hospital about who or what Correct. the situation is. When the, when
2: the is... paramedics are transporting the patient, uh, they make radio contact with the hospital and share Specific information about the patient, and then that allows the hospital to be prepared when we get there uh, for what type of, you know, they can have the right staff ready and the right room for the patient.
1: Very good. Um, I I just want to go back to when when the uh, paramedics respond to whatever the situation is. And with, and I'm still with regard to the ambulance. Can who goes in the ambulance? Like of course the person who's very ill. Can can someone else go with them or what happens in that regard?
2: So for the most part, um we do try to allow it to the patient to bring a loved one with them. It okay. is great to have a next of kin available to, to answer questions, to, to stay with the with the patient when oh, we good. get them to the hospital. Um obviously room is is Oh, yes, so yes. sometimes with a critically ill patient, if we have more than one paramedic crew and, um, you know, the fire department involved, there's a lot of people already in the ambulance. But for the most part, we are able to bring one family member with us. Oh,
1: excellent. Very good. Okay. Um, now, all of us have a commitment, have a responsibility, excuse me, all of us have a responsibility to think about personal donations and how to help others. Um as I understand it, uh, the paramedic or your organization has just established a partnership with uh, it's called Trillium Gift of Life um, where you will be gathering information from or from or about patients and they could be part of a, a organ donation program. Could you give me a little bit more information about this, and I think our listeners would be uh, very interested in in this new initiative.
2: Right. So the the Trillium Gift of Life um, organization we've recently partnered with, and what that allows is that if the paramedics attend to a patient who has died um, and is not going to be transported to the hospital, if the death has occurred within the last 12 hours, and if the patient is under 76 years old... Uh, and the, the next of kin agrees to the to the process the paramedics can contact the Trillium gift of life organization who will talk with the family about the donation of certain tissues so those tissues would be uh, eyes heart valves uh, skin bones and tendons that can all be um, used and the donations from one individual can save up to seven to be used to save up to 75 lives wow. Um, wow. so it's a really important initiative um, that you know, gives people an opportunity to make a donation yes. for their loved one.
1: That's excellent. And I guess it's just uh, one more task that's being assigned to a paramedic game. It
2: is another task but it's it's really important and it, it helps to bring, you know, a positive to to a, a negative situation. Oh, okay, Obviously good. people are are upset when sure. when their loved one has died, but being feeling like you're able to help someone else out at that point, that makes the paramedics feel Good too. Oh,
1: good. That's excellent, and uh, that's um, once again the immediacy of uh, the paramedic with the the family or whatever must be a, um, a, a real advantage. And again, the...
2: that's something that you know families can talk about right prior to something happening. You know, no one ever wants to think that something bad is going to happen. Right. But when you're asked that question, you know, in it and there's a time. You know, sensitive need to. Sure. It. It's good to have an idea in your mind of what your loved one would have wanted.
1: And that's why it's great that you're sharing it with us today, because that means that we can all uh, take a minute to reflect on how how we would articulate whatever it is that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, the value of the organ or tissue donation is without without um, any kind of discussion. It's we all know the value of it for sure. Now. Um, you just have a new role, and but um, generally speaking, uh, what what do you, how would you describe the impact of the task of being a paramedic on on their own personal life?
2: It's an interesting question. I mean, and every person is different. Of, of course. course, yes, that's um, understand. But, but being a paramedic is is a difficult job, both physically and emotionally. Mentally, um, yeah, sure. Paramedics work um, really hard physically during the day. You know, you're lifting patients, you're right. carrying people up and down downstairs, uh, you're moving stretchers around. It's it's a physically demanding job, so you're physically tired at the end of the day. Um, but it's also mentally. Um, draining as of well. Course. You see things that you know other people don't normally see or want to see, um, faced with a lot of difficult decisions and and during the course of your day. So at the end of a twelve hour shift, which is what most of our shifts are, right. paramedics are really tired. And it's only been in the last number of years that um it's started to be recognized what a what a mental toll this type of job is taking on first exactly. responders. Um, so the mental wellness of our paramedics is extremely important and something that we really need to to, to devote more time oh, to. Good. So, in the last couple of years, uh, we've paramedics in general have received a lot more mental health training. Okay. Um, they we here at uh, Frontenac have a peer support team. Okay. so it's a number of uh, paramedics who have taken some extra training to be able to uh, recognize in their coworkers uh, when there's been a stressful situation and. and Provide coping mechanisms and make referrals to you know medical mental health professionals if necessary. So it, it's a, it's a difficult job, but it's also can be an extremely rewarding job. Yes. So it's 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 a, a great profession, mm-hmm. um, but we have to make sure that we're taking care of our paramedics.
1: That's excellent. It's such a I would guess I could um, call it a helping professional and uh, it is great that there is some support to think about the well being of everyone because that in the end of course makes them a much much better paramedic Yes, it's, and inter-
2: it's interesting that you should mention the helping people because we recently did some work on uh, with a with strategic planning and really the the underlying message that came from the paramedics about what they do is that we help people. That's right, and that's what we're here for.
1: Yes, indeed, and uh, and I have to tell you, we are all appreciate it tremendously. It's uh, such a um, it's such an interesting area of our lives, and we all know that we should be better equipped. To articulate ourselves, what we need from paramedics, so it's been great for you to take give us your time. Um, just it's been a real pleasure, and um, I want to express a huge thanks to Chief Chevalier. She wants me to call her Gail, which is even better, <laughs> for taking her time, giving us her time from her busy schedule to help us understand and appreciate the role of paramedics. This is Carol Weir signing off with thanks for making us a part of your day and my wish for you that this is the time of your life.
0: What do you know about the Seniors Association Kingston? We are a nonprofit, charitable organization specializing in recreation and leisure activities for today's active older adults. The association offers 250 programs designed for those 50-plus, at four locations across Kingston. Check out our latest program guide and registration information at seniorskingston.ca. Thanks for listening. We hope you had the time of your life. The show is produced by retired broadcaster Ken Day, and don't forget to tune in to CFRC 101.9 FM for the next episode of Time of Your Life.